Welcome to On the Brink, a fresh lens to take you and your business to new heights. Hi, I'm Andy Simon. I'm your host and your guide. And as you know, my job is to help you get off the brink. So if you're stuck or stalled, listen carefully today because we have some really good insights about the changes taking place, particularly in healthcare, but actually in your business as well. And you know, my job is to go find people who I think can help you see, feel, and think in new ways, but really begin to understand what you're not seeing, what you're not listening to. If we get stuck into our silos and our ways of thinking, we think that's the way we do it, but the times are changing. And I used to preach, if you want to change, have a crisis or create one and never waste the crisis. I never expected a pandemic, but don't use this time simply unwisely. You must get smart about what's going on, listen carefully, and begin to think about things in new ways. So I have with me today Christine Baird, Chris Baird, and I'm going to tell you about why she's so special for you to listen to. And then I'll have her tell you her journey a little bit, but she's got some cool stuff coming out. Chris is a nationally recognized thought leader in patient experience, healthcare culture change, and employee engagement. We know each other a long time. For about seven years, I worked in healthcare. I was an executive at Montefiore Medical Center and at St. Joe's Regional Medical Center. And then about a third of our consulting work since I launched my business in 2002 was healthcare. And somewhere along the way, we met. And she's just a treat to know a little bit more about her. Um, With more than 25 years of experience as a nurse and hospital executive, she's now a full-time consultant, author, and speaker. She's president and CEO of Baird Group. Her team helps transform the healthcare experience through culture assessment, mystery shopping, which she does extremely well, leadership development equally well, employee engagement, and customer service skill development. She's smiling. I wish there weren't all these problems to solve, but she solves them really well. Her proprietary model helps transform the healthcare experience for patients and the people it serves them. Today, we're going to talk about how to be the leader that no one wants to leave because uh, there's a shortage of talent today. There's a really a lot of turnover, an aging workforce population. Healthcare has gone through this pandemic with tremendous strategy and and, and tragedy and, and, and just terrible things that we never could have imagined. Um, and the workforce is beginning to ask, should I stay or not? And it's going to be hard to do healthcare without healthcare workers. Chris, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Andy. Thanks for having me. Tell the listeners about your own journey and who's Chris and why should we listen to you? And what have you gone through to come to this kind of revelation about uh, how we're going to make bosses that nobody wants to leave? Your turn. Yeah, I've had a very fun journey, Andy, because uh, I started as a nurse and transitioned into marketing and business development and quickly learned that if you didn't have a good culture, there was no way you were going to be able to build business and sustain it very effectively. And so um, I actually started all of this with a master's thesis in the 90s. So I've been in that patient experience space and realize that you're not going to improve the patient experience without great leadership. (laughs) So really our focus is leadership um, to improve the culture so that you can improve engagement and deliver the best possible patient experience. Well, as you've done this, you've had multiple roles. Some of the things that you've learned about good leaders in healthcare that you can share Yeah, I, you know, good leaders are good listeners. They're they're excellent communicators. And when we think about communication, we often think about how we speak and how we write. 
But really, the number one thing in communication is being a good listener. And, um, you know, so I, I think that's one of the most important qualities. And knowing how to hire correctly, understanding how to make how to how to bring your values and your mission and your vision to life. And there, there are a lot of things, you know, that they can do to help help that along. Well, you know, uh, we have a leadership academy for a healthcare system and for an accounting firm and for another client. And leaders are anxious to know, how do I do this well? You know, it's one thing to say you're now an emerging leader or you are a leader, you were a manager. Those are all sort of interesting transformations. But it sounds like, you know, turning into a leader comes with some different empathetic skills and focus and, and a feeling, something that people... Remember, leaders need followers, and uh, leaders aren't followers. But if you don't have any followers following you, you can't get anything done, right? Right, right. So and one of the oops, no, your turn. I was going to say, well, and one of the the biggest uh, missteps that are is made, not just in healthcare but anywhere, is that somebody who is really good at their job is promoted to be the leader, and two separate skill sets. And I can tell you that part of my journey, one day I was a staff nurse and the next day I was the director over a brand new business unit and I nobody trained me how to do any of those things. And when I asked for support, the first thing they wanted to show me was how to do the budget. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't real leadership skills. It was more management. You know, how do you manage a budget? How do you manage a schedule? Um, and so even then, I, I mean, fortunately, I was able to seek out uh, people who could mentor me. Um, and and I read a lot and I learned a lot. But honestly, Andy, this is something that is endemic, not just in healthcare, but in business everywhere, that you're good at your job. So you get promoted to leadership. And I, I always say the, the path to turnover is paved with good intentions because um, the leaders want to bring up people from the ranks, which is wonderful, and they have really good intentions of helping to build the skills, but it never happens. Life gets in the way. Well, this is something that you and I have both experienced because I was in healthcare for seven years and about a third of our clients are healthcare. And I also watched good nurses moving up into being nurse managers and not having a clue, what am I supposed to do now? So as you're thinking about this new world where you're beginning to train people on how to be the better of those leaders so people want to come and stay with them, what are we learning? Because that's a transformational concept. You know, you can't just promote a good employee to a leadership role. You have to teach them how to lead so people follow and stay. What are we learning? We learn that we need good coaches. We've got we've to be leaders building leaders. Ah. And it's not enough to uh, just quickly promote somebody with within the ranks. You've got to spot the talent, um, and help nurture somebody's desire to become a leader someday. And one of the ways that we um, have found to do that is with stay interviews. And as you're doing stay interviews, to find out what are the goals and aspirations that this person has. And if they tell you leadership or are bold enough to say, I want your job, um, <laughs> then you, instead of being threatened by that, to help them build 
their leadership chops, give them some committee to lead or give them a project to lead and then coach them. Well, you know, the leader, um, as Daniel Goleman learned, has different skills than the manager does. Well, we need to be able to set goals and get people to achieve them and hold them accountable in a managerial fashion. That leader needs to be a bit more visionary, be able to help people see what's coming, make them trust and believe that there's a way of getting there together. Um, you don't want an underground leadership to abort or undermine what you're trying. And that works really. If you're not on top of it, that'll come in a second. Um, but they also want to hear a story from you all the time about the honesty and the authenticity, the clarity, the consistency, the persistence. What is it we're all doing? And a good leader inspires people, not just manages them, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And you said um the the vision they have to have the vision but you would be surprised or maybe you wouldn't be surprised because you're doing the you know similar work but how how often organizations do not have a vision for the culture oh they have a vision statement for the business this is where the business wants to be but they lack a vision for the culture of the future. So one of the things that we diagnose when we're doing an assessment is whether or not there is clarity around that vision. And if there is not, it's vital that they be able to articulate the vision so that they can share it. And that's how you get the followers. That's how you inspire people to come along is that you say, here's where we're going, you know, come with me. We can do this together. And people are looking for that inspiration because most people work to make a living and they sure could use some purpose to that work to make a living. So that going to work isn't bad, it's good. And they have somebody who really knows how to touch their hearts, not just their heads. So that's pretty cool stuff. Now, so uh, let's talk about your program, to be the leader that no one wants to leave. Are there certain elements to it? Oh, there sure are. And and let me go back a little bit, Andy, uh, to tell you how we came up with this. I was watching um, the data uh, on turnover in healthcare, particularly in nursing. And I was really concerned. Um, The turnover rates were high. The cost of turnover is high, not just in dollars, but the impact on those left behind. You know, the extra hours they're working, the stress on the team, the loss of shared knowledge, things like that all add up to increased burnout. You know, and so I was I was doing research on that and then researching about um, why CNOs across the country felt that that turnover was happening at the pace it was and or is. And we got I, we did multiple interviews and we found two emerging themes and that is leader leaders and culture and the two are inextricably linked of course. And so I was looking at that data and at the same time looking at our most popular trainings and workshops. And I thought, how can we bring this out in a bigger way? And so that's where we came to our blended learning approach to be the leader nobody wants to leave. Eight transformational skill builders for busy leaders. And 
We call it transformational because, um, you know, you can be transactional. You can buy a course online. You click the button, you'll watch the video and it's done. And instead, we wanted to make it transformational by giving tools, having them try the tools. And then we come back to group coaching and individual coaching. And it's been a really fun journey. I mean, we only um, piloted back in June and we're already just going great guns with cohorts. Um, And it's fun to see the group form and start to build off of each other in the group coaching session. So some of the things we focus on here and are starting with hiring for fit. We found that in the research, a huge percent of managers do not feel confident and competent in their hiring abilities. Oh boy. So, so we get back to the values, you know, are you linking your hiring strategies back to the organizational values, back to the department values, getting people engaged, you know, in defining what, what is the ideal fit here? So that's one of the topics. And then I mentioned doing state interviews to drill down into things like, you know, what brings them joy at work? How could you have more? How could you have more of those good days? What they might dread about coming to work, you know, and how can we minimize that? What can I do differently as a leader? How can I help you build new skills? Those kinds of things that help an individual become much more engaged. Pretty cool. Um, you're going to finish up the rest of it? Because I'm curious. You have eight, eight ways to do this? Yes. Yes. So I talked about the first two. And the third one is on um, managing expectations that, you know, you, you, most of us realize that we haven't done a good job managing expectations when someone fails to meet them. <laughs> So we we talk about that um, and talk about how to articulate better and make sure that that you're validating understanding Um, and even going back and and checking in with your own boss about do you know what he or she expects of you, you know, so you can can do a better job. And then there's um, the power of uh, visibility and presence. And there we're looking at It's more than just rounding. Rounding is really important, but how can you be fully present for your team? Yes. And then we have two more that follow back to back, and that is spotting levels of engagement and then coaching to those levels of engagement. Um, And we have four levels that we teach. Um, A lot of places, you know, talk about high, middle, and low. We talk about fully engaged, engaged, somewhat engaged, and disengaged. And the reason for that somewhat engaged is we found that many leaders were lumping people into um, the average or the the middle performers because they they didn't want to pull them all the way down to the lowest bucket, but they they weren't confident in the consistency, right? So um, that has been a game changer with the people we coach. Um, they're, they're able then to see how somebody needs to be coached differently in that category. You know, it's, I'm listening to Chris, were there more or is that the, yes, there's two more. Yep. One is um, con- uh, the fostering a connection to purpose. 
And that's on a personal level for the leader and then how to foster it in others. And then the final one is how to get more of what you want. Pretty cool stuff. And now a word from our sponsors, Simon Associates Management Consultants. That's us. And we're here to help you see, feel, and think in new ways. Whether you are an organization that's stuck or stalled or an individual in that organization who's looking to rethink their own life's journey, Simon Associates has designed programs and processes to help you do just that. Our first book, On the Brink, A Fresh Lens to Take Your Business to New Heights, told the stories of seven clients who were stuck or stalled and a little anthropology helped them see things through a fresh lens, reignite their growth, and soar again. My new book that came out in January 2021 is called Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business. It's all about how 11 women, including myself, were able to see past the hurdles, the glass ceilings, and the brick walls and become the best that they could be. They heard things like women aren't lawyers and women can't lead and women aren't in geosciences. And they said, of course we are. And they really pushed through and did it with such ease that they want other women to see what's possible. At the end of the book, I provide a bit of a how-to process for you. If you're on the brink of rethinking your own life's journey, it's time to pause, step back, and ask yourself, where am I going? What's my passion and my purpose? And am I there or can I get there? Send us your emails to info at andysimon.com and we'll get right back to you to see how we can help. On andysimon.com are some free chapters for both books. And you can also join our newsletter and our Facebook group, Rethink with Andy Simon. We are bringing together women to help other women do what they can't do by themselves very often to see what's possible and become the best that they can be. Come join us. And now back to our podcast. For our listeners, my head went in two directions. Um, I want to come back to my first thought, but my second thought is for our listeners who may not be in healthcare, these are equally important to you and your management leadership in your organization, whatever kind of organization you have, an accounting firm, manufacturing firm. Um, think about, you know, what kind of leader are you? Do you have clear expectations with the folks who you are working with? And, and think about the different levels of followership. You know, you talked about engagement. I'll call it followership. Leaders can't do anything without followers. But how engaged are they? Are they isolates or bystanders or, you know, very involved or your advocates? But but I love this whole focus on um, going backwards, asking them what is their expectations? What are they dreaming of? And then being present, um, not in your office, but everywhere and yes. connecting. Asking people every day. I love huddles because if nothing yes. else, you start the morning with everybody checking in, talking about something personal and something professional that they want to share. But you got to get some engagement process as opposed to the words that say, get engagement. Oh, well, you know, what does that mean? And there's some terrible situations that come out of bad feedback, you know, <laughs> but that's not what I needed at all. I needed some coaching and you gave me yes. some criticism and, uh, there are all yes. kinds of things to learn, aren't there? There are. There are. And I love that you brought up huddles. Again, you know, it's a way to be physically present um, or visible, but are you fully present or is it a checklist that you go through? Yes. Um, and so I love huddles because stories are so important to building the culture that you want. Yes. 
right? And so what better time than when people are face to face to tell a story about something wonderful that happened on the in the department or on the unit? Well, and, and, and leaders have to realize that when that story is told, everybody's other brain changes. Their own stories change. They see it in light of the way it reflects the culture they're in, right? And and they add a check mark. This is a great place to be, or, oh, this is a terrible place to be. But it all comes out of the storytelling. Yes, exactly. Um, The question I was going to ask before I've asked the question I did was listening and hearing are two different skills. And I often find that people say, well, I was listening. So what did you hear? And, and what did you mean with what you said? And I realized that, that this, the brain sort, you know, as well as I do, the brain sorts what you hear to fit into your own story. Mm-hmm. And you're not really hearing your story. I'm doing the same with you. I'm already thinking through what I want to ask you. And you're talking, telling me cool stuff. It's hard to stay in your zone when yeah. our brains are very um, miserly about what it wants or doesn't want. But I would urge our leaders to be, or those leaders listening, um, take a little time to think about what you're hearing and, you know, and play back. You know, Chris, is that what you meant? You know, is yes, that clear? Absolutely. That's one of the things you said, play back. You know, that's validation. But being a true active listener is listening to understand, not to respond, <laughs> right? Yeah. So what most of us are guilty of, and me included, um, is as I'm listening, I, I, like you said, I'm thinking about what's my next question, what do I want to ask, or what do I want to comment on, and it is, communication is a dance, you know, we have to move together, one is leading, one is following, but you have to learn to read the other person, and oftentimes, we are not active enough in our listening. And so learning those skills is really, really important. Um, They will also take you home with your kids and they will take you home with your spouse or your partner and you'll find yourself applying them equally well outside of the business setting, right? Right. I just had had somebody um, go through our class and he said, it has made me so much better of a leader, um, but it's made me a better husband and father. And I, I, I was just tickled to hear that because the skills really are about the human experience, right? Leadership is so much about being fully present, you know, helping other people to be the best that they can be. Yes. Well, you know, and I teach in that leadership academy followership mm-hmm. because leaders are also followers and they often have to follow the CEO or somebody else. And so the other side of this is how do you use the same skills to become a better supporter for somebody else? Mm -hmm. Know how to accept direction and take it appropriately, communicate differently. Man, it's a building a person, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially when you don't agree, you know, and there are times where, and I'm sure we've all been there, where the company has made a decision that this is where we're going. I may not like it. I may not agree with it. but you know, if I if I'm given a safe private forum to express my you know discontent, but when I walk out that door, I'm all in, right? In terms of how I lead my people, right? And as a role model, you better be because if not, your own folks are going to see you disengaged, and they're going to be equally disengaged when they don't agree with you. And most people don't want more work; they want to come to work, 
And yeah. uh, it's an interesting challenge. You and I taught a little bit of something that I want to go back to so we don't forget. And that is the dynamics today of the demographics are transformational. <clears throat> so much of the workforce, the average age of a nurse is what, 55, 49, somewhere? Yeah, up. it's somewhere in there. And so there's a huge population that's going to be facing um, growing older or elder or thinking about retirement. Yeah. And the numbers are going to be staggering. So unless there's an infusion of younger nurses into the population there, um, we're going to see a huge transformation. And that right. means that, that's, that really having those uh, stay conversations with the older nurses is as important. Think of this as a whole population. Exactly. Us. And it works elsewhere in manufacturing or anywhere else, right? Exactly. In fact, we're we're actually doing groups now that are non-healthcare um, be, for exactly what you had said, Andy, that these leadership principles apply no matter what business you're in. But you bring up a really good point about the older nurses getting ready to retire. And think about the intellectual capital that is floating out the door. I mean, these are really experienced people. And so much of the retention strategies are focused on the new grad or the new hire, and people are bending over backwards. They're, you know, doing the 30, 60, 90 day check-ins and all of that. But the stay interview is re-recruiting the people who have been there so that they are being ignored. And when it comes to the older nurse, if there's a strategy for retention that is more comprehensive, you're going to be looking at what can we do to keep the older nurses here for longer, right? And they may tell you, as many do, that they don't want 12-hour shifts. They don't want the really physical types of nursing. So the organization has to be prepared to offer um, shorter shifts, you know, you can't be an all-or-nothing organization any, you know, anymore. You've got you've to have that flexibility. And it might actually be advantageous across the board, regardless of the demographic. Exactly. Some, some of that, because, you know, working moms have different challenges than those who are single. And they, those who are going to school have different challenges than those who aren't. And we have one size fits nobody. Yes, Yes, I remember when I was running a nursing unit, it was a 24-7 triage operation. And I, I, I noticed when my call volume got really, really high was when people were coming home from work, um, discovering little Johnny has a fever, you know, so the, the call were lighting up and I said, you know what? And then it drops off again at eight o'clock when they're putting kids to bed. Yeah. We need a short shift in there, a four-hour yeah. shift where we can staff up and HR was like in a in a tizzy. We can't just do that. We can't just why not? Like, why, why? Did they do it or not? Yeah, they did. They did. And they said, who's gonna take a job like that? I said, I would have. Let's just put it out there and see what we can get. And people loved it. They did. Exactly they did. for that reason, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you can't just assume that just because we've done three shifts or two shifts forever in a day, that that's the right and only way to do it. The other thing, too, when you're talking about the demographics is our millennials. Yeah. You know, and so, so much negativity has been out there about the millennial worker, you know, that 
they're just different than the boomers, right? And it doesn't make them bad or wrong. It just makes them different. And we need to understand the differences. And one of the things that I'm seeing is, you know, they're very intelligent. They grasp things very quickly, but they're used to mastering something and moving on to the next thing. And if you have the stay interviews with your millennials, you are at an advantage because you're able to find out, well, what's next? What would you like to master next? Because if you're not asking for that, they're looking outside, right? Or they think, you know, I'm going to use nursing again as an example. They think my only alternative is to become a nurse practitioner. That's the next step up. And so if you're talking to them, you know, you can keep them very engaged with other, you know, other skill mastery. And you also have a better relationship with them. People buy with the heart and the eyes, not the head. So it isn't tactical and practical. It's how does it feel? And so in some ways, be the leader you want. People never want to leave comes from the heart. It does. It does. I mean, do you respect me? Do you trust me? Can we, on a human relations basis, really understand each other and work hard together? Um, That's an intangible that really makes a big difference. And it makes your heart say, I want to stay with her. I trust her. You know, she's my person. Yes. So um, this is so interesting. How are you? Where are you going with this? Because I have a hunch you've gone through many parts of your journey and this is the next stage, huh? Yeah, it, it is. I mean, we are, are opening up more and more cohorts all the time. And um, I am actually going out and bringing this to organizations who want to form their own cohorts rather than a mix of, of disciplines um, or diff- different organizations. So we're taking it out there. Um, and many good um, expansions, like I mentioned, to expand outside of healthcare, which I hadn't even thought of until somebody approached me and said, let's do this. We'll start with the United States and then we're going to take it to the other continents where our company is. And so that's what we've been doing. And um, I'm, I'm loving it. And I, I, it just keeps growing day by day. Wow. Um, I'm in awe of how you've reinvented yourself, stayed in the same zone, sort of, but you keep reinventing yourself, don't you? Yeah, I do. And it's a heck of a lot of fun. I, I have to say, even before the pandemic, I had made up my mind that I wanted to spend a little less time in airports. And so I had already made up my mind I was going to be doing more online um, coaching and training. And this all just, I mean, it was serendipitous. It all came together and the pandemic gave me the gift of time so that I could do all this. I love it. I love it. Chris, we're just about ready to wrap up. But I too, you know, I used to fly 120,000 miles a year. And this year I haven't flown at all. I don't miss American. Thank you very much. If I never stay in another Marriott, I'm sorry, but I don't miss that either. And I've learned that my husband and I have never spent so much time together and we love each other. We're having fun. So lots of good things. are. Coming. I can relate. <laughs> we, we haven't been married a long time. It's the first time we spent this time. time. So, but these are cool times. A couple of things you don't want our listeners to forget. That, you know, if there's three things that you can do right now to improve your leadership so people don't want to leave you is make sure you're hiring for fit. 
know what that is. And secondly, do those stay interviews, you know, master the art and science of doing the stay interviews. You'll be happy that you did because you'll find out things you never would have have dreamed. And then the last is manage expectations. You know, ask yourself just how well am I managing expectations and see what you can do to make some improvements today. And I'll add to your last, if you have expectations, make sure you're figuring out how to fulfill them or explain why or not, because the gap between what we said we were going to do and what we actually do, oh man, can that irritate people? Because I thought you said, but no, that's not possible. And how do we manage those all along the way? It's not a one shot. We're done. This has been such fun. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure. If they want to reach you, what's the best way to do that? Um, go to my website. It's baird-group.com. Baird, and that's B-A-I-R-D-group.com. Perfect. Yep. We'll all be on the podcast blog that we write up. And if there are those of you who want a reference, I would give you one minute because I think Chris is doing some of the most incredible stuff in healthcare and elsewhere around leaders and leadership and Um, but also followership and becoming the best that you can be together. So it's a great time for figuring it out. For my listeners, thank you for joining us. As always, um, you can reach us at info at andysimon.com. Send us your great ideas and your introductions to other great speakers. Um, We are really having a great time sharing with you ways to stay off the brink and soar. And today was a wonderful one as well. Uh, my new book, Rethink, Smashing the Myths of Women in Business, is doing gangbusters. And um, just in awe, that little candle behind me, if you're watching this as a video, uh, was put together by some women who went to something called Wax Buffalo in Nebraska. And they create candles and they created one with our logo on it. And they're sending it to entrepreneurs with a copy of the book in a special box. And so they touch the heart and they are sharing away. So if you think of rethinking, um, you might find it worthwhile for yourself. And then some man said to me, this book isn't for women at home. This is for men also. Man, did I learn a whole lot of that? <laughs> and I went, wow, it's about people learning about how we're smashing those wonderful hurdles that are holding us back. So in any event, Chris, thanks for joining us. I'll say goodbye. Everybody have a great Bye-bye. day. Stay well. Bye-bye now. <laughs>